Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Movies for Breakfast, the podcast. As always, I am your host, Trent Johnson, and I am joined by Anna Bryant and James Correas. How are you guys? Doing well, man. Uh, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. Uh, oh, James, you're so intellectual. Oh, no, they're just the ones in the theater. <laughs> not like I went on a Netflix binge. Have you seen some of the Netflix documentaries? They're not exactly intellectual in fact they have some like randos conspiracy ones on there <laughs> <laughs> but people eat, I love that i've been able to log on to netflix for a long time and i'm bummed right now because i really want to watch the ken burns vietnam <laughs> documentary said no one ever i'm just kidding some people actually might have said that and i think you're actually being genuine ken <laughs> burns stuff is no, awesome Burns is a very talented filmmaker no doubt no doubt doesn't he have a brother that makes movies too I think he does. I don't, know. I don't remember what his name is, but I'm pretty sure he has a brother with the last name Burns, Obbs, and I think he also makes documentary films. But, not to digress too far, um, I guess real quick, how is you guys July 4th? We've been gone for a while. Uh, did you guys do anything fun? Um, how hot was it? I know Anna, you were with me in the East Coast. We really went through a real bad heat wave that week. Yeah, it was pretty toasty out. Um, so I had some people over to my place, and we hung out inside with the air conditioning. And then when it cooled off, we went up to my roof and just had, like, a picnic party up there. Picnic party. Um, I imagine burgers and hot dogs were on the menu. Um, oh, wow. No. Un-American alert. Un-American alert. <laughs> well, so I don't have a grill up there right now because I'm not sure. So I moved in. And my roof is like, it has this like rickety ladder you climb up. And so I've only gone up there a few times. And this was my first time bringing other ah. people up there. <laughs> and so now that that's a thing, I guess I can think about ways to transport stuff up there. But it was like all stuff that could be carried in a backpack this you time around. Really tiny grills now. So maybe you could. Or is there an outlet maybe up there? Maybe I in a backpack. Oh, I, I was about to say, so. you could just bust out a George Foreman Maybe grill though. and be real ghetto about it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> James, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about what happened on your July 4th, but I... <laughs> um, but, uh. but how was... I, I, I imagine you were taking photos, <laughs> is that correct? So my day started off at <sighs> 6.50. <laughs> In the morning, woke up and photographed so a patriotic a parade, a Fourth of July parade. Mm. Can't see, but I'm saluting. <laughs> After that, went home, <laughs> just chilled for a bit, and then went back to work for this event that I was photographing. It was this concert? But yeah, that was that was pretty much it. And then the next day, I was just like, "All right, I, I don't want to do anything." just want to sit here. Yeah, July 4th, I'll take it out of you, especially if you're out in the heat. I feel like I, I celebrated my July 4th on the 7th because I, I went to a lake with a couple of friends. And we cooked hot dogs, went to the lake, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically what you do. I mean, for us, for me, it was more about pools. I went to two different pools, ate burgers at both oh. of them, and it was oh. very – I felt – Trent party is hard for the uh, I wasn't exactly partying, though. I wasn't drinking anything. It was basically just eating red meat, which <laughs> my heart is probably upset about. Uh, that's, that's a, I would call that a party, eating it's some, a bunch of red meat. Like, that's, it's some that's kind a party. Of party. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's, I guess, I guess you could classify it a party. Uh, but anyway. It's a party I'd Before go we to. go down the party hole, 
rabbit hole. Ugh, well, that sounded mm-hmm. weird. Whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. No, no, we're going to keep it. We're going to roll with it. We have some movie news, and we will only be doing one review today, and that will be the very American, perhaps propaganda, as our Anna Bryant noted, uh, Sicario 2 Day of the Soldado. But first, James, hit us up with some movie news. All right, this, this is going to be about casting and yeah, confirmed news. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is confirmed to play the Joker as the movie gets a green light. And we'll uh, start filming, I guess, this September. Yes. Um, I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm just happy that Jared Leto is not doing it again. I think mm-hmm. he's still doing it, though. For what? Not this movie, right? <laughs> There'd no, be multiple like, Jokers? Or are wait. you saying he's just the Joker in real life now? Like, he just became the Joker. <laughs> wait. So it wasn't... He was the Joker for Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. but isn't this not no. Suicide no, Squad? No, this is just kind of like a standalone, kind of like maybe of the origin movie. But so, like, if they did another Suicide Squad, which hopefully they won't, but if they did... Like hypothetically, Jared Leto would still be that. Yeah, is that I guess is that true? They're just they're yeah they're kind of still figuring out where to put Jared Leto's dude. They put him in the locker, lock it away. I don't want to see that again. He was terrible. (laughs) This is like a one-off kind of thing that they're doing, so it's more of like character-driven. And and so the thing about Joaquin Phoenix is that it's perfect for him. Because he was off, like, he was in talks to do, be Doctor Strange, but he passed he passed on it because he didn't want it, like multiple movies to do multiple movies. Huh. I have a hard time, like he, Doctor Strange, like this. He was supposed to be like the superhero Doctor yes. Strange. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time picturing jo- Joaquin Phoenix in like, that kind of role as that character, or just like in that ensemble sort of. Okay. Both. <laughs> like as like a like a superhero possible. But a supervillain is you could see that is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. One hundred percent yes. Know. Yeah. I don't think he would be bad a superhero necessarily. I do understand that being tied down to that Marvel contract is sort of unappealing to guys like him who seem to be very project focused. Like this project, then I move on to the next project, then I move on to the next project. Yeah, it, it seems like he takes his time and really puts his all into one thing. Yeah, especially because Strange is supposedly one of the driving forces in the next sort of wave of superheroes after these old guard guys sort of retire, fall by the wayside. So I can understand not yeah. wanting to be tied down to that. Speaking of that, that moves on, that uh, leads us into our next one about old guard. Uh, Billy Dee Williams is returning for Star Wars Episode IX. Nine. To be Nine. not fancy about it. <laughs> uh, I just want to say I called this. Totally called this. Totally saw this coming. Um, even before uh, Mr. Nostalgia himself, J.J. Abrams, took, uh, took over the reins as director. Saw Billy Dee Williams coming, knew that was going to happen. They have basically uh, no other old guard characters left, and it just felt like it made sense that they would have him in some capacity in this franchise again. And I think it's a good thing, especially because they're 
sort of capitalizing on the hype of Donald Glover's performance as young Lando, even though I thought it was mostly just hype, but whatever. I don't know. It was hype, man. Yeah, I just it was fine, but it wasn't as what people wanted it to be. But anyway, Anna, what do you think? Does this matter? Does this? Do you care? I don't <laughs> care. Billy Williams is really cool, Anna. Come on. I don't really care either, man. I mean, he's cool. If he fits into the movie, great. If they're just bringing him back to bring him back for marketing purposes, fine. You think you think they're gonna? I'm gonna, I'm gonna see the movie anyway. You think they're gonna kill him off? Of course. Is that what they're doing with like all the? <laughs> of course. Of course they're gonna kill him. What are you talking about? Hey, no we'll, we'll write you this like, fat check, but we're gonna uh, have to kill off your character. Isn't Billy Williams like 80 years old too? He's like one of the older ones. I mean, it's also like it is number nine, so it's not like. Might as well just kill off everybody. Oh, no, Anna. Come on. You're not that naive. <laughs> they got to make sequels. Come on. Yes, he's 81 years old. Like, he is on the old side anyway. Like, he's older than the old people they already brought back. He's 81. Do, That's crazy. Age is just a number. Oh, did you hear numbers, uh, what happened? Age, as I heard in a quote from an athlete <laughs> last week. Who? Oh it doesn't matter who said it. It's just stupid. <laughs> Did you, did you guys hear what uh, what happened when uh, Donald Glover met up with Billy D. Williams? No. They had the best time ever. Ah, of course, Probably. yeah. They're both but, really cool. No, Donald, <laughs> Donald Glover is like, yo, yo, I got some ideas, uh, how to play him, do this and that. And Billy D. Williams just like looks at him and laughs. He's like, nah, man, just be charismatic. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... It's like the old guy just being like, "You're doing too much. Like, just scale it back. You don't need this. You don't need to use all these adjectives." But uh, I don't know. I guess I'll be the only one excited to see Lando again, and you guys can just be in your corner. And we not... just saw it. No, that we isn't Lando, though. Lando. That isn't that isn't the real Lando. <laughs> Baby Lando. It's, yeah, young Lando is not. Okay, well, you know, you know, King of the City and Sky or whatever, Lando. Come on. Speaking Man, of going old, young, and everything, guess what they're doing in uh, Captain Marvel now? You tell us, James. That's how this works, James. Come on. Ah! So Captain Marvel will digitally de-age Samuel Jackson for not just for some parts, for the whole film. Now that makes sense since the film is set in the 1990s it, you know it's 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 a period in marvel's history that hasn't been seen right so so go ahead um if they can use cgi to get rid of a man's mustache they okay but they did a bad job <laughs> i was staring at superman's upper lips the whole time it's, in justice League. it's like too smooth right it just looks animated it's very very it looks like off-putting. yeah also, very excited that we're finally going to be able to see that mustache in action in a couple weeks, as Henry Cavill takes on Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. I'm so excited for that. Oh, movie. that's I've seen that preview. Yeah, a I've seen it way too many times. times. And every time he's on the street screen, I'm just like, who is that's that? Superman, and that's the mustache. That's soup with the with all. Co- Clark Kent ever needed was a mustache. I legitimately couldn't tell it was him this whole time. <laughs> it's funny too, because like. I think Warner Brothers asked, uh, what's the studio that does Mission Impossible, James? Is it, uh, I don't know. 
Can you look that up real quick? My internet can only go so fast. I think it's Paramount. Paramount. I think it is Paramount. So one, the the word is like Warner Brothers asked Paramount if they could if he could shave it, and they were like, no, <laughs> he's contractually obligated to have this much that, which I think is funnier than anything, because like they probably could have just let him shave it, but they were like, nah, that's okay. We're not gonna let him do it. Nah, you guys can just CGI it off and waste thousands of dollars <laughs> figuring that out. That's like that's like some gamesmanship right there from the studios. I gotta say. Oh, anyway, what were we it. talking about? Oh, right. We're talking about Samuel Jackson being de-aged. What is it? 20, <laughs> 25 or so years? Something like that. I mean. Okay, so my first question is: Will he have Jerry curls like Jules in Pulp Fiction? That's the only thing I really care about. You know, you know that was a mistake in Pulp Fiction. What the Jerry curls was a yeah, mistake. Wait, the Jerry curls were a mistake. They 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 like they got like a a person. They're like, hey man, go get an afro from the store, and so he went to the store. And the person they sent didn't really know the difference between an afro and a jerry curl. <laughs> and so he came back with a jerry curl. And then Quentin Tarantino was just like, what is this? What did you bring me? And then uh, so Samuel Jackson was like, no, nah, no, nah, I dig this. I dig Let's this. go. So that's, that's, I guess that's number one. I'm, I want to I see, basically I just want it to be Jules. It'd be really funny if they could just tie that into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> like he did say he was going to go travel the world. Like it's not, he could have become a spy. Like Nick, Nick Fury could be an assumed name. Like I'm just saying. I mean, it's, it, it's, I anything's mean, possible so, here. So Marvel has done this before, the de-aging. Right. Like with michael douglas, douglas. and ant-man in 2015 robert downer jr in 2016 for like civil, civil war, war for like the flashback scenes right and you know technology has come a long way since like 2008 where they did that for benjamin button that's right yeah um i think it's it's gonna be interesting because like it's you said weird. they've only done it in short instances and it is weird looking a little bit it's a little weird and, you know, the one thing that I always think about, I'm like, it feels like Samuel Jackson doesn't age, but is it just me? Because I always see him in, like, a bunch of movies every year. So it's kind of like a friend that you see all the time. Yeah, you don't notice the changes. You don't notice changes until you watch, like, an old video or photo, and you're just like, man, we were so young. <laughs> like, hey, Sam, did you do something to your hair? <laughs> Uh, I'm more excited about the him being in Glass, which is soon. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they I'm will so not excited. be de-aging him in that movie, uh, but he will have yeah. an afro, I believe. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, bring back the afro. Um, Anna, any thoughts on the de-aging? Does it ever does it take you out of the movie a little bit when you see that? Because I think. I do remember the Ant-Man one yeah. being a little more weird. I do, and I also remember the Tony Stark one. The I Tony Stark one is interesting, Ant-Man. or the Robert Downey Jr. one was interesting because it, it's only, like, for, like, a couple minutes. But the Ant-Man one, the Michael Douglas one, it's, like, for a whole scene, and it is kind of off. It's just interesting. I don't know. It doesn't look bad, but it doesn't, it doesn't look real necessarily either. I think it doesn't, I think if it's, like, a flashback, it doesn't take you out of the movie. But it'll be interesting to see it done for an entire yeah. movie. How how much are they supposed to be de-aging him by? Like 20, 20 years? In the 90s, so it would be 20, 25 or so years. And how old is he He's now? Seven. Maybe, right? Is he in his sleep? So maybe it's like, it's not like they're trying to take him from like, like 60 to 30. 
Like, maybe it's like they'll be de-aging him, but it's not such a drastic age it'd be, that people will be like, whoa. If it is it'd be 44 years. He's 69. Yeah, he's 69, nice. and they're taking away 25 years. So. 25. 44 oh years old. I mean, he looks really good right now, so it's not that hard for... You know, it's not, it's no mustache. Right, he doesn't thing. look that much different than, say, how he looked in the after credit scene of Iron Man, which was ten years ago. Like, it was a That's decade ago, he true. looks pretty much the same right now. So, uh, apparently he's supposed to be, like, kind of chubby <laughs> in Captain... In the 90s? That's weird. So, he somewhere between... He wasn't actually chubby in the 90s, I mean, he was pretty skinny. No, 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 I'm just like, for the role, he's like, kind of like... He's not the Nick Fury that we know today. That's weird, you know? though, because I feel like Nick Fury's been a spy forever. It's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Something causes... Something happens in that movie. Because, like, remember, he's like, oh... Uh, Nick Fury's like, oh, I learned a long time ago not to trust people or something. There was, like... Something happened. There was, like, a... And his eye. Oh, right, right. He has both eyes. He has both well, I mean, eyes he has both the... eyes in the two, but one's messed up. Also, I saw a set photo of him and Brie Larson holding hands, so there's speculation that they may be dating in the movie. They may actually be a couple. Whoa, Marvel, calm mm-hmm. down with interracial <laughs> stuff. Well, I mean, that'd be kind calm of down. interesting if Carol Danvers and Nick Fury were in a relationship. I mean, <laughs> I'm not ag- I'm not against it. I, I'm, I make If it's a good story, I'm all for it. Maybe that'll give her more motivation to kick Thanos' ass in Avengers 4. <laughs> yeah, you know, good stories come and go. As if she needs more motivation. The dude destroyed half of the world. <laughs> uh, is that anything, anything else, James? Do we have any other movie news? No. I think this is the perfect time to go to our Sakari review. All right. Then I guess we will review Sicario 2. And now, our feature presentation. Sicario. Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) No, it's Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Uh, It's the drug war on the U.S. border that escalates as the cartel have begun trafficking terrorists across the U.S. border. To fight the war, federal agent Matt Graver reteams with the mercenary Alejandro. Uh, so this movie stars Benicio del Toro, Josh Brolin, Isabella Moner. Moner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, those are the, pretty much the big people. Uh, and the screenplay is by Taylor Sheridan, who wrote the first Sicario. Mm-hmm. And it is directed by Stefano Solima. Yeah, he's a... Uh, like, they're like Latin <laughs> yeah, I was movies. Just like, yeah, they're like Latin movies, which is interesting. Yeah. He's an Italian director, so maybe, yeah. All right, so I guess we should uh, just go, uh, let's go initial reactions to this movie. Uh, it doesn't have to be like what you thought about the movie, just like what comes to mind when you think back to seeing these characters again. And I mean these characters as in Matt Graver and Alejandro. Not Emily Blunt's character, not Daniel Kaluuya's character, or any of those sort of plot characters. Uh, I have a hard time oh, with boy. this movie. 
<laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the beginning is just like ruthless violence that sets up this whole scenario that I think ultimately it doesn't, it wants to backtrack out of, but just doesn't do enough to. And it almost just feels like a fear mongering movie. I almost walked out of it in the fifth, fifth first 15 minutes James your thoughts (laughs) (laughs) so it took me a while to actually just go see this movie because I've heard just bad things about it Okay, so I was just like "Eh." to be fair I think it's sitting at 65% on Rotten Tomatoes right now so it's not the worst movie we've ever seen yeah and you know it's far from it actually okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we saw we, blockers, Anna. I mean, come on. <laughs> I didn't almost walk out. Yeah, of but blockers. it, but it wasn't good. Like it was, there was like almost no redeeming. No, anyway, just yeah. James, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> so this movie, I enjoyed the characters. Uh, I really loved the first one, so it's just kind of like piggybacking on that success for me. And I think Benicio Del Toro and all the actors in this are doing a great job. I feel like the script is probably the biggest problem of it. Yeah. Uh, I thought. I agree. I thought that I would be bummed out that say what, what's his name uh, that directed the first one. Uh, Villanueva. The the guy that directed Blade Runner. Yeah, he directed Blade Runner and Arrival, right? Uh, yes, I think so. I think he directed both. Yeah, movies. and also Roger Deakins. Right, beautiful movie. Like, first one the is way really it was shot. Pretty. First one. Yeah. With the, I wasn't disappointed on how what they did on that. It's just the direction they decided to go in this movie was kind of odd for me. And like, say, okay, it was in the trailer that scene where he goes up and kills that person. I thought there was going to be more lead up to that. It felt more part of a montage nope. than anything. Nope. It was just like, boom, boom, <laughs> this guy's dead. Yeah, it, it just, it, and it felt like a lot of parts like that. It didn't, like in the first one you had like tension and it built built a scene. This one just kind of had, oh, here's here's something that happened. Yeah, so I think I talked to James about this right after I saw it and I basically was saying to him, because he hadn't seen it yet, uh, if you're expecting the first Sicario movie, you're going to be, like, really disappointed. Just, like, super duper, (laughs) super duper disappointed. (laughs) And I would say the main reason is because the first Sicario movie is not through the lens of either Graves or Alejandro. And those guys are sort of just, they're there, but they're very mysterious. And that mystery creates intrigue and drama and no one really knows what they're, where they stand on any of, like, what they're doing. Like, everybody's like, that's like, that sort of drives, like, uh, to me, uh, that makes the first one special. Is because it's almost like you don't really know what's happening. You're, you're with Emily Blunt's character. Uh, and she actually sort of, sort of, sort of trying to learn what situation she's in. You don't really know. And it's kind of offsetting, or off-putting. You're like, ugh. I don't know what's happening, but I, it's, it's. I want to keep going to find out. This movie has no mystery to it. It's pretty straightforward. It's like, this is our mission. We're gonna go do it. 
it's very much like a summer shoot 'em up movie. Is I think is the way I described it to yeah. James. Mm, that's a, Whereas yeah. the first one is like a mystery kind of, and there's all these like it's almost like a political thriller because you're trying to figure out where this, the how the power structure works and stuff like that in the first one. Whereas this one, like I said, is just like, hey, we have this mission, let's go do it, and it involves killing a bunch of people, which is fine, but it's not what made the first Sicario special. I also, agree. Josh Brolin is yeah. too jacked in this movie. It was very, <laughs> very disturbing. Like, I... Because I watched... <laughs> it made his hands look really small. Because <laughs> I watched the first one, like, the day before, and, like, this is bef- this is pre-Thanos, pre-Cable Josh Brolin, where he was, like, just a regular guy in Hollywood. I think he was, like... It was, like, around the time he was doing the Coen Brothers movies and stuff like that. So he's just, like, a normal build, like, guy. And it, and it kind of... It lends itself to the, to the character that he plays in the first movie because he's like the CIA agent and no one really knows what branch of government he represents. Like everybody's kind of like, who is this guy? I don't know. Should I be taking orders from him? Like, who? What am I helping him do? Um, and you don't find out to the end that he's like a CIA agent and he really only needs an FBI person just so he can do stuff on American soil. Um, and he like he's wearing flip flops in the first one. He looks like this uh, like Joe like everyday. The character, and then this one, they introduce him, and his like traps are like bur- bursting through his like T-shirt, and I'm just like, yeah, he they're looks like, like a hey, superhero. Can you wear small? He looks like a freaking superhero, <laughs> which I know is like probably it's probably not even it, he probably didn't even do it for this movie. It's probably just carryover from the from the Marvel movies that he's been doing. But it was just weird to me seeing like this character, like he literally got just huge. He's just yoked now. <laughs> uh. Also, I just think, so I I did, uh, so this is interesting, and I haven't told you this. I read the script, or some of the script for the first Sicario, and it's interesting yeah. because if you read the, like, script without edit, like, before, like, just, like, the raw script before, I think, the producers and stuff got their hands on it, and before Dennis Villanueva mm-hmm. got his hands on it, there's a lot more Alejandro in the first movie, in the first script, than is in the actual movie, which I think was a very good decision by whoever made that decision to cut him a lot and make him more mysterious. Because in this movie, it's just like... And I know the intrigue has sort of gone because you see the first movie, but like it's almost like there's too much, and his character isn't that deep. No. like It's more fun when he's like when you're not sure what he's doing. Because then it's like, yeah. oh. But this one is just like, oh, okay. It's just like a lot of... And I think Benicio Del Toro is great. I just, there's not much for him to work with with this character. No, like... Even him, when Benicio del Toro is with the little girl, like there's a lot of things that it, just there weren't any payoffs. It felt like this movie wanted to give a lot, oh, a lot of things. Like it wanted to give a lot of story behind these characters and a lot of story behind what was happening. And it sounds like what we all sort of agree on was part of the mystery is what made the first one so intriguing. You don't know what the hell's going on. And they tried to do these big, they tried to do these big plot setups. And then they also just didn't deliver on them in this one. I mean, that was my biggest problem. Like, the opening of the movie sets up the plot in a very fear-mongering way and then tries to do a backtrack later in the movie, but they only do one line. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, there's, there's <clears throat> the whole idea of... Uh... So I, I mean, it's mentioned in the trailer, so I feel comfortable saying it. But the the sort of the Kickstarter for this movie, like uh, that drives the plot, 
you know, toward where it goes, is the idea that they now consider the Mexican drug cartels terrorism, which I guess gives them more leeway to what they can do to combat them, right? Um, and there's really, they really don't touch on but it ever again. But it's not even as simple as huh? that. They like try, they said, so like that's the premise, but the way they set it up is more complex. Right. And, and just has, <laughs> it just has all of these things that feel so, like, attacky. Like, it's not just that they want to wage war on the Mexican cartels, it's that they set it up. Well, I will say this about that, though, Anna. In the first one, it is, like, built, basically the first one is based on a, based off of a conspiracy theory also. Right? It's it's uh, in the first one they're trying to basically give power to one cartel over another because it's easier to I guess regulate one cartel rather than like multiple cartels. So they're trying to shift the power dynamic. So that that. But like this one, this one isn't just about cartels. I mean, they go all the way to the Middle East. Well, they don't really go to the Middle East. I mean, there's like a scene in the Middle East. Mm. Well, but like that's sort of what drives right. The plot. That's what sort of like I said, and that's what I didn't like about this movie. So you just wouldn't have you just would have got rid of that whole part. Like you're saying, do you think I mean, do you think that's necessary for the movie? No, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think so at all. I and then they try to walk it back a little bit later. But if you can, they use one line to some part of it up, and I just think that that. If you can try and something up, sum something up in one line, then like that goes to show what a bad plot move it was. No, I agree. I yeah, the f- first fifteen minutes or so is probably just the movie yeah. is about waging war amongst the car well, tells. Yeah, in a simplest way. And the yeah. first fifteen minutes, yeah, in the simplest yeah. way. And the first fifteen minutes of this movie set up a plot in the most roundabout way <laughs> that you, like, to get there, that it felt like, propaganda's not the right word, but it felt <laughs> like they were trying to portray a message, and then they later tried to walk it back, and it's just, that didn't have to be there. Yeah, I agree, that that probably didn't, they probably like, didn't need that part. I thought I thought it was offensive, like, to be frank. <laughs> Well, this movie is kind of interesting timing right now, yeah, especially with everything that's happening politically. So, can we talk about... Okay, <laughs> alright, I feel like Anne is beating it up a little bit. I do want to say, I thought it was plenty entertaining, but maybe I'm just more into, like, ah, movies? Like, I like... I, I, like uh, I, can I can you explain what ah uh, movies are? Then of Thieves, you know, like, these kinds of movies that involve a lot of shooting and, like, life, life or death stakes... I don't know. know, Maybe that's just for me. (laughs) The simple-minded moviegoer. Is there anything that you did like, Anna? And we can sort of go around. We'll start with you, but we can sort of all say something. Um, I I agree with James what he was saying about the cast earlier. Like, I do think it's some strong actors like Josh Brolin, Benicio Del Toro, uh, doing what they can with not very much. Um, Real quick, what did you think of the little girl? I thought she was really good. I felt she she did a little bit too much pouting. Oh, okay. I mean, she was <laughs> I mean, like a young teenager. 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right. Do you know what where, what movie she she did before this? Obviously not. You're what? gonna tell us that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you the movie that she's gonna do after this. First of all, she did Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, well, I haven't Is seen she, that. She in the next Transformers? They have like a new one coming no. out. The next movie that she's going to be, she's, she's going to play Dora in the Dora Explorer movie. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So she's getting... She's going to get gigs. papered up for that, I bet. Yeah. That's good. I also got sort of confused about all of the cartels in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there, yeah, like yeah. there's a point where, like, I legitimately, like, don't know who, who is who. That's fair. I actually had that same point. I was like, okay, so are they in which, which territory are they in now? Like, I'm not. I don't remember. Right. Uh, I actually had the same. I had the same problem. Uh, James, what did you like about this movie? Uh, Benicio del Toro. Specifically him. Yeah. Uh, well, the actors they had a good cast for this. Yeah, I mean, well, it's carryover um, from mostly carryover from the last cast, but yeah, except for like the two big ones. We mentioned it yeah. earlier. I mean, I did like some of the scenes. Kind of like... Oh. <laughs> but they, I just feel like they didn't really... I don't know. They, they didn't stick with me, you know? Yeah. Like, there, there could have been more to the one where he, like, shoots the guy yeah. on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were advertising that right. a lot. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the mystery was taken away in the trailer. Mm. That I probably could have liked the movie even more if they like I didn't know what like with each trailer they were just showing more and more of the story. Yeah. You guys, it took me about half the movie before I realized that um, the guy who was with them with the big glasses and the spiky hair wasn't Matthew Lillard. <laughs> no, it's not Matthew Lillard. He plays like... <laughs> he was in the first one, though. That guy's in the first one, too. So he's like... Yeah, he's actually a holdo. He's a carryover. <laughs> you know, they were thinking of having Emily Blunt back. Mm, what would she have but, played? I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the, I think whoever was doing it, I think the writer or something, Sheridan. he was just like, well, her story arc is done. Yeah. You know, I agree. There's no need to have her in the second one. Kate is her name. Yeah. I actually Which agree. Some, pe- some people can say uh, they kind of just like used Emily Blunt's character in the first one. They do. That's literally the whole point of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm thinking about like from like in a sense of just like, you know, they used women. You know, use the woman. Like how some people can see that as a negative, because uh, like it being specifically a woman that these men use. Um, I can see that, but in the movie, it stated that uh, they actually consider her a pretty good agent, and that was one of the reasons why they wanted her help. Yeah, and then, but like uh, also, she was like the moral compass of that one. Who was the moral compass for this one? There is no moral compass, James. I guess the little girl. I don't remember, but she's not really moral. She's. I don't know. Like in the first one, you could probably relate. I think maybe it's Josh Brolin, but not really, because I feel like he does go through some sort of struggle 
in this movie as far as like decisions he has to make but then he ultimately doesn't have to make them which is another thing that Anna says like these this movie tries to say stuff and tries to make these characters like <laughs> go to like these places but then it, they don't actually end up facing any like real challenges uh, although there is there uh, is the, the one the that's one like scene the entire in- yeah the entire ending of the movie is just like not okay really i that's i think that's what i hate up. the most is the ending but yeah the beginning is up there i guess too and then the middle is just <laughs> like an action movie which i'm totally fine with it it's a serviceable action movie it's like a sandwich with bad yeah, bread. It's like, you know. So, wait, wait, would that be your, your most, uh, rating? Bread's the most <laughs> important part bread. of the sandwich. Um, so, the thing I liked was uh, some of the action sequences are really cool. I mean, like, anytime they were. The. They essentially. <laughs> the kidnap sequence is pretty cool. And then. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I like the scene. There's a specific scene I like, which is a very surprising scene. I, I actually liked that a lot. Um, I dug that. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything. <coughs> no, no, I'm just You're trying to... choking on boba. Oh, gross, bro. Come on. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, so let's talk real quick. Uh, it's obvious to me there is going to be a Sicario 3. How do you guys feel about that? And do you think this franchise can get better or do you think it's uh, headed downward down completely down the third one's gonna hit oh. rock bottom and hopefully they'll realize not to make it because there is a i think sheridan has said there is a third one uh, on the way so someone yeah. said that it's I supposed mean, to be an anthology huh? film like so i think the director was like i see sicario as an anthology films uh-huh so uh, well, hopefully they stop after three. Yeah, I think they probably should stop after three. It's really weird, too, because Taylor Sheridan is a really good screenwriter. He wrote Wind River, and he wrote Hell or High Water, and he wrote the first Sicario. I mean, he's a really accomplished screenwriter, but this just did not yeah. work. <laughs> sure didn't. His stuff, like, do you feel like it's more of, like, kind of, like, TV kind of stuff that he's good at? No, Wind River is great. Yeah, but like it's not. Yeah. I really like Teller High Water too. But are these like you know, big movies? They just seem like really nice movies, but middle of ground. I don't know. I think like Wind River is money wise. Right, 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 right. right. Money-wise. No, he's more of a Wind no. River. Great movie. Yeah. I suggest people watch it. Yeah, he's more like an artistic indie movie writer. I don't think he's writing blockbusters. Um, like the first Sicario, like you said, didn't really make any. I mean, it didn't make a lot of money. It made enough money for them to want to make a sequel, but it didn't make like a ton of money. And that had a great director and a great cinematographer too, and a great cast. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. And give him credit. He wrote the first Sicario. I mean, like he did write the first yeah. one. Maybe maybe sequels. Yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe there's just maybe he just lost. Uh, maybe he got enamored with the action. He was like, I'm just gonna make more action. I just want more, more Alejandro, more Matt. <laughs> we need more guns. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to make an action movie. More guns. We're gonna set you loose. How loose? How loose? <laughs> no, this this movie had like some cool parts. Yeah, to there are some cool sequences. You know? I like the action sequences for the most part. I thought they were well done. Well. well well coordinated, but you know, I I'm interested enough for a sequel 
just because of the characters? I don't like where the sequel is going. But, yeah, the script, I'm like, uh, It's just kind of like, you know, when M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> you, said on, you did it on purpose, right? That was on I did it on purpose because that's like, that's what I do around my friends. But I'm just like, oh, wait. M. Night. I shouldn't do that. M. That's Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Or like every movie... It's just like, oh, here's a twist kind of thing. And I feel like this movie tries to do like, oh, here's like something cool we didn't expect. But it's not that cool. I actually would have been okay with it if it actually would have stuck to it, but they didn't stick. They didn't really do that. They kind of they kind of got scared. They kind of got cold feet at the end of that twist that you're talking about. Yeah. So. Uh, you guys don't want to say anything else? Or do you want to do ratings? I'm ready to do my rating. I guess we'll do ratings. All right, James, yeah. rating. You go first. You never get to go first. Instant oatmeal. Instant oatmeal. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, uh, I, I'd say the characters are the blueberries. They add. <laughs> the actors. Not even the characters. More like oh, the, yeah, the, the actors. actors sorry. Because the performances you know are I mean. good, but the characters... They're fine. I like Matt Graves. Yeah. I think he's an interesting character. He's more interesting in the first one, but... Yeah. And I want you to go ahead. I'm going to stick with what I was saying earlier, and it's going to be a breakfast sandwich with, like, stale bread, maybe a little more. Ugh, meat. gross. You're not going to eat that. You don't no, eat that? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to eat She almost that. threw it in the trash, uh, but she was yeah. so hungry. I would take a bite and throw it away. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, like it it's like one of those, it's like one of those instant, like, frozen breakfast burritos. They're, like, 80 cents at the, at the, at your local supermercado. I thought you were going to say gas station. Or gas station. <laughs> they probably have them there, too. Uh, but they're not great. You know, they're they're 80 cents. What do you expect? But uh, they fill you up. And, you know, yeah, you're satisfied enough. They fill you, fill you in. So, I think we have decided that next week we will be covering Ant-Man and Sorry to Bother You. Two very, move, two very yeah. different movies, but probably very fun we'll see probably very yes fun. <laughs> you guys have any parting words i don't think i James? do no man well i'm trent that's james and anna and we will see you at the at movies, the movies. Peace.